Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to The Exchange. Today, we have a very special episode for you, dear listeners, as the show is spreading its wings and leaving the nest, and will be joined by none other than the Lesser Bonapartes, as we talk with our first non-Agora member podcasters. The Lesser Bonapartes are the dynamic duo of Daniel Doughty and Glenn Gibbs, who have, over the last two years, taken the history podcast genre by storm and captivated the hearts and minds of much of the fandom. Glenn and Daniel consistently provide thoughtful and sincere commentary and analysis on a broad range of topics, but have the unique ability to take the blood-soaked and fatalistic landscape of history and engage with it in an irreverent and ebullient manner that for all of its lightheartedness is never frivolous and in no way cheapens the substance of their discussions nor diminishes their effectiveness as storytellers. Now, I have never pretended to be a journalist or made any pretenses as to objectivity, but as an interviewer, I should probably state my biases up front. I am a fan of the Lesser Bonapartes, and I was absolutely thrilled that they accepted the invitation to be on the exchange. Glenn and Daniel are absolute delights, and they are every bit as genuine and unaffected in conversation as they are on their podcast. I do have one other admission before we get started. I was a bit starstruck, particularly in the beginning of the interview, and boy did I blow right past Glenn trying to say hi, and I wanted to say sorry about that, Glenn. But I rallied, and I think we have a a very engaging, very revelatory interview to share despite my best effort to muck it up. But that's enough gushing for me, so ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you the Lesser Bonapartes. Daniel Doughty, Glenn Gibbs, welcome to The Exchange. Hey, uh, great to be here, Tom. Thank, thanks for having us. Oh, it, oh, it's a real honor. I'm really, uh, really glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> um, I really, I wanted to uh, jump right in. Uh, you know, I appreciate your guys' time. I know you're, you're intrepid podcasters yourself. Um, so I wanted to start at the beginning. How did this happen, and and who can we blame the lesser Bonapartes on? <laughs> uh, I think I think Glenn has to take the the fall for this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, I was 
bored, I guess. Um, you know, I fi- I figured I would just uh, I would, you know I I don't really like podcasts that much. Um, so I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to <laughs> I kind of wanted to do one that I would like listening to, and uh, you know, there's like every you know every Tom, am I allowed to swear? I, I just I had to stop myself. Yes, yeah, whatever you guys want to okay. do. Okay, yeah, I was a. Uh, I was just like, uh, you know, every you know every fucking podcast is like, a, you know, about about bad movies. You know, it's like, oh, have you seen a talking cat? Oh, you know, hi, Mark, the room. You know, and then, uh, and I was like, well, that's that's boring. And then, like, a lot of history podcasts are real dry too. I like history, I like movies, and then I went to Daniel and I just kind of said to him one day, you know, what if what if two guys talked about history the way people talk about bad movies like you know you're getting you just got out of a movie you both hated it you're in a bar and now but but instead of but instead of talking about like you know whatever terminator 3 you're talking about you know napoleon and that was kind of that was basically it yeah so so did you guys know each other then beforehand how did how'd you guys meet well um that's actually we, we did meet on the a forum for a bad movie podcast, actually. <laughs> well, that's some deep we, irony there. We were, yeah, we were habitues uh, of a of a particular sort of forum for this bad movie podcast, and but it, but it was a pretty freewheeling community, and and topics came up all over the place rather than just about that particular podcast or you know movies or whatever. And it, me and me and Glenn both sort of noticed each other making a lot of history references, and so we we sort of struck up a, a bit of a rapport. Uh, pr- pretty quick, as I recall, and we, we were both kind of like, you know, we, we'd see each other on, on the forums and be like, "Hey, that guy." Um, so that was really, yeah. We, we have only ever known each other through the medium of uh, the the World Wide Web in its various incarnations. Um, but yeah, which surprises a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I'm always. <laughs> I, I want to say I'm always fairly embarrassed when because that was probably the most. <laughs> that's probably the most frequently asked question we get is like, "How do you and Daniel know each other? Where did you meet? You sound like you've been friends since childhood." And it's always just like, uh, "Nope, um, <laughs> real boring." Um, you know, it's always just like there's no real like you know. You know, first we, you know, we had our, you know, days in the Cavern Club in Hamburg, and we we sweated our way up through the, you know, it's not like that. It's just kind of like we just kind of went for it one day. It's just, yeah. you know, I've, so you, you, know. S- you essentially picked each other up in a chat room. Yes. Essentially, yeah, totally, <laughs> very twenty yeah. first century of you. <laughs> it was, uh, or I guess more like very late twentieth century. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Oh, 1999 yeah, move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still using my discs as coasters over here, so... Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Glenn, sorry. Well, I was saying it's just like, you know, it's it's just kind of like, I don't know what... I don't know how this podcast would have happened without it, though. I mean, it's not like, you know, me and Daniel would have one day been in the same glory hole, and then we'd, you know, we'd have like... <laughs> you know, and then, and then I would just be like, hey... You know, how about how about that Bronze Age collapse? You know, through the hole. I you know I don't need, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. like it's a very twenty first century how we met. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you guys were obviously your fan base is all very happy that it came together, um, and you know you guys are unique voices when it comes to the history podcast genre. Um, I, I can only really think of maybe Cam and Riley's podcasts uh, as a remote. Uh, predecessor but even that's an imperfect example because you do have just you know significant stylistic differences <laughs> um but you guys do really bring a, a color and uh, i guess an, an edginess 
uh, to being history nerds. Uh, and, and it shows that a history podcast doesn't have to be stodgy and, and diffident. Uh, you know, you can enjoy grappling, you know, with the questions and issues that, that history presents us with. And I think you guys have really been a, a tonic to a genre that, as you said, Glenn, you can be a little dry. Yeah. Um, go, ahead. Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, no, I always, when, I, I guess I always tell people, like, the, the, the energy we were out to capture is that if you were ever at, like, a, a big stupid keg party and you you sort of strike up a conversation with some random dude and it turns out, like, I don't know, that they, you know, they read this the same book that, you know, you just read and you were excited to talk about it. And the person, like, is like, wow, I actually know what you're talking about, too. That is cool. Holy shit, dude. And so you're just kind of, like, hanging out at, you know, by the keg and, uh, pardon the expression, broing out for a while. Um, and, and that, but that's kind of the, I, I think that's the, uh, that, that's the energy we always thought we, we could bring to the table, I guess. Like, that, that's what that's how we wanted to do it because that's how we would feel about it. You know, it's, it's, for, I think for both Glenn and I, like history is a, is a topic that is, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's times for the dry recitation effect, but then sometimes you just want to like have a, a, a sort of, I don't know, enthusiastic conversation where you, you know, don't feel bad about throwing out a few swear words. Cause you're fucking excited about, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the gin craze or whatever, what have you. Uh, right on. And, and, you know, when I when I listen to your podcast, I do have that that palpable feeling, um, you know, that we're hearing the real Daniel and the real Glenn. You know, you you can hear the beer popping in the background, <laughs> and and you know, wives have been known to show up and uh, share pillow talk about the historical neglect of the Hussites. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and I, I think that sense of authenticity really energizes the Blesser Bonapartes. Um, you know, so it's good to know that here we are turning the chairs around and, you know, turning our hats backwards, as you guys like to say, and, uh, that, that keeping it real, uh, really is important to the vitality of the show. Is that fair to say? Uh, Yeah, I think for me, I don't really, I guess I've always just kind of grown up with a healthy disdain for authority. Um, I was always that smart alecky kid. And I think to a large extent, I still am because for me, history is like, is like what fascinates me about history. A lot of people want to hear those big stories, or they want to hear Dan Carlin go, you know, the Quarismian scouts came upon a pile of bones, and yeah, that happens. But I mean, I just want to like, I I love finding out how not different history is. Like the the example I always use is, yeah. wouldn't it be the stupidest shit you ever saw in your life if like you were walking in a park tomorrow and you saw a statue of Donald Trump on a horse with a sword in his hand? You know, and you know, and uh, and wouldn't that wouldn't you laugh and say that is ridiculous? Who put that stupid shit there? But you get a guy that lived two thousand years ago, and it's the Donald Trumps of their day were making those statues, and somehow these are the big men of history that we should all talk in these hushed, reverent tones. These were just those were those guys. Look at like Crassus. That was Donald Trump of his day. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, <laughs> going into yeah. you know very close going, cognate, yeah, <laughs> yeah, going going into the and he got killed. But now we want to tell the story about Marcus Licinius Crassus and the triumvirate. 
it was just it was the same it was just the same shit it was just they were just doing it what they had at their time if donald trump lived 2000 years ago he would be putting together an army right now he wouldn't you know but today <laughs> today you just have to build casinos and you know uh, it's how many twitter <laughs> followers you have and you get in a pizza hut commercial it's, but it's always the same people always so when people like will you know will be like oh yeah you make that that joke about whatever about the the skateboard or you say like napoleon's like totally not a bro i mean human beings have always been human beings i don't understand why being in the past and having a stupid hat on your head makes it somehow more epic or something you know I don't... right and, and you know I, I was always grabbed and i i assume many of your listeners were grabbed by the very low threshold for bullshit um, that you tolerate <laughs> from you know primary sources or the the subsequent <laughs> historiographical record um, now, is that demystification uh, a goal of of the? Is that a goal of your show, or is that just a natural outcome of your process? I I think that's kind of fair to say that we. I think when we when we first started out, I, I think that was a little more explicit. Like our our sort of pilot episode about Alcibiades was that that we did set out to deflate reputations because that guy's just a dick um but i i think really be, beyond that i think it is just more of an outcome of our i think both glenn both glenn and i and you know glenn can jump in if if he feels i am misrepresenting him of course but i think we are both when it comes to researching history we are very keen to to try to get away from our own preconceived notions to try to approach everything we're learning about in as fresh a way possible to basically to leave ourselves open to whatever impression we can get from the text and the documents and whatever. And it just so happens that we are just, uh, we are a couple of dudes who do have a low bullshit threshold. So uh, yeah, I, I think in a way it's sort of a, we, we started out the project almost with a kind of like, we're going to take down the great man of history theory more or less explicitly, but we got away from that pretty quick because we realized like even that kind of approach is really limiting to what we really want to do, which is to to critically appraise not just the historiography that's been handed down to us, but actually like the characters themselves as close as we can can get to them. So I, I think it really just does come down to I guess it is an aspect of process more than anything else. Uh and and, and honestly just sort of where where Glenn and I are coming from, like we're like we we've we've had it up to here with the stories of you know, uh, noble so and so did this and that, and he's a great man, and here's his statue. Like we're we're much more interested in, you know, okay, well, you know, how how did the the footmen who had to follow this guy's orders think of him? Like what was it like to live in the state that so and so built? Like what are the consequences of all this greatness that people are throwing around? Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, I think that's that's where it comes from more than anything. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sense of it all. I mean, like, I, one thing I don't want, I really wouldn't want to be lumped in, because there's this whole kind of subgenre of history where that is their mission statement of, like, you know, what you all thought about history was wrong, and we debunk all the myths, and that's not really, that's that's very one-dimensional, because, yeah, I mean... There are, you know, history is always what somebody wants you to believe happened, but, you know, there are some larger-than-life characters and there are some larger-than-life things that happen. So I think if the show has evolved in a way, we've evolved away from being like, 
here we are to teach you this thing and everything you always thought about history was wrong too. Now you're kind of like, <laughs> I think now, now you're watching us. You're kind of like, I, this is, this is as pretentious as all hell. And I apologize. But what I tell, <laughs> what I, what I tell people now when I try to explain the show to them is that the show has evolved in a way that it's now a documentary about the creation of itself where you're watching two guys try to wrap their heads around something and you're you're yeah. you're kind of witnessing us learn as we go and try to figure it out and sometimes we might get it wrong sometimes we might get it right, <laughs> right. but what i always like to tell people too is how do you know they got it right i mean think about it think about all that like saving private ryan greatest generation horseshit that was coming out in the late 90s while they were still living mm-hmm. eyewitness eyewitness people from world war 2 and then you know they don't yeah. talk about they don't talk about the Tokyo fire bombings or anything like that and saving Private Ryan. It's all just these you know these large men bestriding this war, and thank God for mm-hmm. these old men, you know. And then you like you read a little bit more and you go like, oh, the percentage of draft dodging was higher in World War Two than it was in Vietnam. And then you go, <laughs> and then you go, well, wait a minute. But then you go, well, yeah, but then, you know, that happened. And then, but then you read stories about, you know, Stalingrad and all that. And you're like, wow, this is, you start to get this big gray mass that forms, you know, where you're just like, (laughs) where you're just like, wait a minute, these guys did some extraordinary things and they did some horribly shitty things and everybody on all sides was doing the same thing. So there are really no good guys and bad guys. So all I can try to do is try to make sense of it. I can't really it's you can't really frame it any other way. So we don't really come to any conclusions anymore. We don't say like <laughs> everything you know about you know, every everything you know about, you know, the Bronze Age is false. We just kinda go, Well that's my best guess, you know. And um so that's oh, all anybody. That's, can, that's all anybody can do. Yeah. yeah, and that's of course where one of our one of our many show mantras: uh, shit has always been fucked, and there was no golden age. <laughs> and it's, I think one of the biggest takeaways we've had from the whole project, and, and I mean, just and, and just sort of as a, as a sort of slight aside, sort of talking about the the way the show has developed. I I have actually found myself very much softening on my uh, anti great man of history um, jag that I was on for a long time, precisely because I guess sort of speaking to our, our most recent series, you know, Abd al-Rahman the first, you know, in, in, in the eighth mm-hmm. century, this fleeing the Abbasid caliphate and, and setting up a kind of a, a state of his own off in the far West. Like that was totally this one dude's, you know, initiative that made that happen. And which led to like, you know, two and a half centuries of this amazingly uh, vibrant culture there, there in, in, in Islamic Spain. And you read the story, and it really does feel like, unless there was that one dude there pulling the strings, it probably wouldn't have happened, and it would have been very different. So I've, I've ended up softening on, on that of it as, as the show has gone on. But but I think, yeah, I think Glenn is right to sort of hit upon the... It's the more... It's that old trap of the more you learn about something, the less you feel like you really know. And right. <laughs> so right. we're always happy. And I think we're always happy to be honest about that. Like whenever, right. like any of the shows, we, we hit, we hit an impasse or we hit a wall and we'll tell people like, yep. And that's where we ran out and we can't, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, so obviously the, the show has evolved in, in some ways, uh, as you just touched on, but there have been some constants. Um, now one of those would be humor, for instance. 
Um, not you're not morning zoo radio yucksters or anything, but you guys <laughs> are you. legitimately <laughs> funny. I oh, mean, thanks. you know, sometimes you know, it was like, wow, what if uh, car talk was funny and didn't suck? You know, that might be <laughs> wow. that might be the lesser Bonaparte. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> but but humor, I think, is a lot like Greek fire or, or some similarly dangerous you know, material to work with. It can be really effective if you use it right. But if you don't, you set your own boat on fire. Now, are you guys consciously, uh, you know, doing bits, running material? Do do you run things by one another before you try it out, or is it all largely improvisational? That's a really damn good question. I I think for I can't believe I just did that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's just the way we know how to talk. In in a way, like I, I think for both me and Glenn, like our personalities are such that. If we're going to talk in depth about anything, we're going to have to throw in like like when we think something's funny or when it reminds us of something else or when we think like this will be a funny thing to say just because that's that's how we talk. And that's the that's always the energy we wanted to bring to the show was like this is a conversation between two people interested in this thing. We're going to talk about this thing. I don't I don't know that we've ever like sort of conscientiously like run run a bit past each other we're we're usually like when it comes to the jokes like well i guess to to i guess to tell a story um we have a a premium subscriber feed that we that we call the carlins because they they just tend to they they run longer um but we did one in december about the maccabean revolt Mm-hmm. The uh, you know the 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 Jewish religio ethnic revolt against the the Seleucid Greek Empire, and due to various um, <laughs> avoidable and unavoidable mistakes and whatnot, we ended up recording it two and a half times over, oh, basically. God. And <laughs> but <laughs> but we we had a kind of and it was pretty exhausting. We we did two we did two of those on the same day, and that was pretty exhausting. But the thing is, like I. I, I was kind of amazed at going through it and going through the process. Like we really do have a kind of the, the jokes are generally, I, I think as far as I know, they're, they're almost always going to be extemporized. So we had different bits that we were throwing out for each time we recorded that, that episode. Um, and I, I don't know, Glenn, if you've just blocked that out of your memory or, or if you recall it that way. I'm yeah, that's kind of how it goes. I never, we never like, I never go say to Daniel, you know, uh, then I'm gonna say this, and then we pause for applause. Yeah, no, no, yeah I never yeah. like, we, we never I, set it, we never yeah. set it up for each other ahead of time. I guess. You no, know? I, I don't even, I only research half the topics. I because I think one of the things that when you talk about our our rapport is that we divide um, what we're going to talk about, and then we largely don't research the other half. So when you because the idea is we kind of want to surprise each other as we go with things we learn, like, hey, I learned this. And a lot of it is just um, me trying to understand something, and the only way I can understand things is through our the lens that I use. So, like, I think, oh, well, this is like that. That's kind of like this. And a lot of those comparisons in my mind are where that humor comes from. Like, to use a recent example, I was talking about how um, – a way of like showing your status in um in Granada amongst the uh, the nobility was to make a big show of how well you treated your harem. Um, mm-hmm. So this is quite different from what we tend to think about when we think of slavery, where you kind of rule through fear. This was like 
you had you you made a big show about and your 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 harem was treated very well. These are still your your sex slaves, but and I found one painting of a of a, a, a nobleman uh, giving one of his harem girls the gift of a parrot. So my immediate thought was, oh, that's kind of like Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, where you had to get the girls <laughs> on your team by giving them gifts like sunglasses and stuff, and then. And so I say that to Daniel, that was kind of like that video game. So I think that's where the, the humor comes from is that I'm trying, well, I'm trying to understand this, this Rolodex of, you know, trying to make analogies goes through my head. And sometimes they're funny and, and sometimes they're not. I don't know, because I hardly remember what I say because we don't really plan it out ahead of time. Sure. And, and there are certain episodes where I've had a little too much of grandpa's cough medicine. So I don't really remember <laughs> what I said. And then, um, you know, people will come back to me and say, like, oh, that was my favorite quote. And I'll be like, who said that? And then I because I, I really don't remember because <laughs> because I don't, you know, it's just like it's just all off the top of our head. You know, so the jokes. Yeah, anyway. the, yeah the, the jokes. I mean, yeah. for the actual like sort of historical content, uh, both Glenn and I will use notes for that. But the, the, the joking and the sort of the interchange between us is, is extemporized. Yeah. Well, uh that was very in depth. It was so in depth that you actually answered part of my next question already. <laughs> Nailed uh, it. Yes. <laughs> about the division of labor uh, okay, within yeah. your podcast. Uh, but it's just to just to like fully take the curtain down and get a full look behind behind stage here. Um, how do you guys come up with your topics? Have you ever have you ever started <laughs> and just had to say, "Holy shit, we can't do this," and and just full out abort? Did anything <laughs> like that ever happen? Like, what's your process? Uh, this is another one of those like how did we meet questions where the answer's fairly boring where um we don't really plan it out that far ahead of time we just kind of go by feel I, we just we'll mm -hmm. just kind of pitch at each other and go like um we have had listener requests in the past and we have honored listener requests um but even when they are listener requests we'll kind of be like so how does this sound or you know hey do you want to try that and it's just kind of like okay and then we do it did we ever? Yeah. Did we ever ditch out on one, Daniel? I don't remember if we ever I, have. I, I don't think that we have. Like, if we, I, I think the uh, pretty early on, actually, the the one time where we probably should have ditched ended up being one of the great evolutionary leaps of the show, because very early on we we hadn't done yet we hadn't even yet done a multi part series. We had just been doing um, like you know uh, one to to one and a half hour uh, single topic. Uh, shows and then we attempted to do the story of Alexander's successors, mm -hmm. and and I and I, I I can't I haven't listened in a, in a very long time, so I, I I don't know. But we're you know peek behind the curtain here. We actually discovered about an hour and twenty minutes into that recording that we were going to have to make it a multi part <laughs> series. So well, yeah, we actually I, had yeah. to say to each other like, hey, um, let's punch out right now and like come back to this, like you know. And that's the that's literally how our first multi-part series was born was we were we sort of realized a dawning realization came that there's no way we can actually talk about all of this uh in, in any kind of uh, effective span here hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think yeah, that was actually... Oh. I think that was actually the first series where I could hear you guys sweating, now that you mention it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, that, the, the flop we, sweat we honest, was yeah, yeah, all over we, had, we honestly had no idea where that one was going, and um, because we had never done that before. We honestly went into that first one thinking we were going to wrap up the whole story in one episode, and then it was around, yeah, around an hour and 20 in, where Daniel kind of leaned in and said, I, I don't think we can do this in one part, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, we're, then, it was like, then it was like, okay, let's make it a two-parter. And then in part two, it's like, I don't think we can wrap this up in time. How about three? So like, and then when that really happened, the great leap forward was when we did that, that goddamn Napoleon series. Mm, and we were just yeah, like, yeah. that ended up being seven parts because that happened every episode where we're like, I think we need one more to cover this. So, when, <laughs> so and you know, and that's happening a lot now too. We have the our history of the Franks one, which went six parts, and we have our new one on the Muslim Spain, which is going to go six parts or seven parts. And when there's mission creep, we allow it to happen, and we let the yeah. audience know that we're in over our heads, and we're going to allow the mission to creep. So I think that's kind of we actually let you see the flop sweat. And I think maybe that's why the podcast is so relatable. It's not, it's not, we don't, we allow the seams to show. It's kind of like, I always think of, um, this is another analogy I always make in front of Daniel is that I think it's kind of like, I think the, my favorite idea of a show is the only way I can happen is like, if you think about the old Muppet show mm-hmm. and the show was always about how Kermit the frog was trying to desperately hold the show together while it was falling apart. <laughs> Right. So, so I think that was the that was the joke. So if the show falls apart and the, we just get too many plates spinning in the air, we let you see the flop sweat. We don't we don't try to l- not let you see a sweat. So maybe that, that's part of the appeal is that we'll be honest with people and go like, hey, this is out of our control. We're just going to let it roll and then see what happens. Yeah, and I, I think that sort of ties in also to that. The, the way the show has evolved into a, a, a documentary about the creation of itself as we learn about this thing. But I mean, but also to answer your question, like I, there really there's never been a topic where we like recorded an episode or we we started researching and then said to the other one, like, nah, scratch it. Like, we can't we can't continue with this. Just, you know, throw it in the can. We, we've always seen it through once we started out. Um yeah, there's there's nothing on the cutting room floor, everybody. You yeah. you, you have the entire output. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, you guys have pretty much declared yourselves podcast brothers for life at this point. Um, now, this is the warm and fuzzy question. Now, oh. can each of you take a minute and just talk about what makes 
the other, the perfect podcast partner. Oh boy, uh, man, right in the feels. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I'll start first. Um, it it really for me, like I, I'm I'm a I'm a kind of temperamentally pretty conservative fellow. Um, not not politically speaking, but just sort of in in the manner I live my life all around and glenn is has just such a real he has such a real verve and he has a kind of basically if if we had grown up together he he would have been the kid who could talk me into trying to jump my skateboard over the ditch um <laughs> he has that kind of he has that kind of uh that kind of uh aura i guess that kind of charisma with him but i think for I, I guess when it, which which is to say, I, I guess that I there's no way I, I really would have dipped my toe in actually doing a podcast without Glenn there saying, "Hey man, let's do this," and and I think beyond that, I, I think the what what makes him such a uh, such a delight to work with is that he, at least specifically for like the for the for the topics that we talk about and the and the you know and the things that we do talk about, not just. Not just on the main feed of the show where it's all history topics, but also like one of the the bonus feeds where we have uh, LB Knights, which is more freewheeling. Is is that he's um, I don't know. There's 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 just a certain kind of uh, je ne sais quoi, and that's such a cheat thing to say <laughs> when trying to answer this question. There's a certain undefinable aspect of what makes him good. <laughs> exactly, and I I'm trying very hard um, to to really pin it down. Um, and, and I guess I guess it would be like a like an enthusiasm. Like Glenn is never one to back down from biting off more than he can chew, and he will he will chew it anyway. Because fuck you, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that's really energizing. That's that's something that uh, I, I think is is such a, a great energy to work with in somebody. Glenn, that's that's the best I could put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's kind of what makes uh, me and Daniel work so well is that. I I delight like to use your Greek fire analogy like I think it's hilarious to point the Greek fire at the boat and um <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's hilarious and then uh and then but then I never think about that moment where you go oh man it's going to be so hilarious I I can't I can't control myself I mean I could set the house on fire while making a peanut butter sandwich I don't know how um. It's uh, it, it's taken it's taken me years and years to get to the point I'm at. I think that you know I'm 35 and going on 14, and I really try. I do, but I can't help myself. And um, and uh, there would be no show I think without uh, Daniel's kind of grounding nature. In that, I'm the one that goes, "Hey, let's point the Greek fire at the boat," and Daniel goes, uh, "Let's." Pointed at the Slavs, and then I go, <laughs> and then I go, okay, let's point it at the Slavs, but let's fart and then point it at the Slavs, and then right. you know, and Daniel goes, we don't need to fart in order for it to be effective against the Slavs, and then I fart anyway, uh, and then I, I light, I use my fart to light the Greek fire. But I, then I think, but you've then just invented a whole new genre of fan fiction about us thank now. You, as, thank as you. two Byzantine sailors. Yes, but then, God. but then, but then I light my I light my pants on fire, 
we take out the slobs, and then Daniel helps me put my pants out. And right. then it all worked out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> is, is what it happens. So I think that's what it, what what it helps. There's there's like the ground, and I'm not, not that to me saying that like I'm so much cooler, or way more fun of a party dude than Daniel. I think it's just uh, he really cool. is though. That's the big <laughs> <laughs> But but I mean, but I think I think that kind of there's that we achieve a balance. We we put you know maybe I help Daniel come out of his shell a little more, and he helps me not point the Greek fire at the boat a little more and it it meets in the middle well you know that's awesome guys now we'll talk about a little bit of the the content of your show now now your format pretty much allows you oh you know a lot of freedom in choosing your topics Um, and it seems like you've definitely focused on some lesser known uh, cultures uh, events you know, things that, that aren't as well-known to Europeans or American audiences. Uh, I'm thinking Tamerlane, Ethiopia, Aztecs uh, specifically. Now, has shining a light on those very worthy but often overlooked subjects grown more important to you as podcasters over time? Um, yeah, well, I think... Uh, I guess it, I guess it has grown more important. That's, that's an interesting way to put it. Because I think part of what we... Part of what we want to do is kind of avoid the the burned over ground that so many, you know, so many other podcasts tackle. Like, I, you know, I we haven't really touched on, say, Roman history very, you know, all that much over the course of the show. Not because we're not interested in it. I mean, it, it, we both very much are. Like, I, I, you know, both Glenn and I are 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 uh, uh, heavy Rome total war recovering <laughs> addicts, and and you know, we we've we've read up on it a lot. But I think. I think both of us have, have thought to ourselves, like, there's, you know, there's a whole world of stories out there. There's a whole world of history. Every corner of the world has just as much history in it as the rest. Maybe not accessible to us and, and maybe not, you know, maybe not as detailed. But, you know, there have been human beings living in those places for, you know, just as long as they've been living anywhere else. If You know, going back to, say, 10,000 B.C. I mean, you know, there you have it. Um, So I think that's really – that's – been a big uh i guess a bit been a big factor is like we're we're interested in digging into stuff that we don't know much about mm-hmm. and in order to do that we have to go a little further afield than uh than you know we're than we're accustomed to like we have to go outside of the the big topics that people think of when you say history you know and, and which isn't to say that we don't you know f- fuck we did you know seven hours on napoleon <laughs> but <laughs> but that but that was more i think just because like for both of us, like that was that was a gap personally that we had that we didn't know all that much about. But even then, like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Glenn. What, what do you think? Like, I I think it's just more like we we are looking for kind of fresher material, and that that leads us. Yeah, I one thing that's important to me is that we always challenge ourselves and get out of our comfort zones in order to keep the show fresh. Because I mean, like, how many podcasts are there on Rome or like World War One now? And, you know, those are interesting topics, but I mean, and even like the podcasts that have been around for a while, like I don't, I feel like they kind of fall into a pattern and then they just kind of crank them out. And I'm really not interested in doing that. Like, I I really don't want to be like, you know, so many podcasts become like, you know, they fall into that ACDC trap of, you know, let's just do another (laughs) one. Let's do another one like the last one because we don't want to fuck with the formula and alienate the diehard fans. But you sort of just kind of 
you kind of slide off, I think, over time with that. And then they either pod fade or they just start to rest on their laurels. Like, I mean, Dan Carlin's new new thing on the Persian Kings has been like four hours of Herodotus. And then you just go like, okay, I, you know. And then, you know, then he makes his Star <laughs> Trek reference. And then you go, okay. And then, and then you know, he puts out a new episode now, but then, you know, you kind of just go, all, all right. And I've seen that, you know, he's kind of sliding down those iTunes charts because I think it's just kind of become like, okay, what's the new thing now? I've heard that before. So I don't ever want to be like, you know, here we are again, our next Rome podcast, our, you know, ancient <laughs> Greek, because that's, that's real easy to do. And then, but... I would, we would get bored. We would get comfortable. We would be doing mattress by mail ads and it would just get boring, man. I just really think it would. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's, yeah, I think you hit on it. Like, uh, like kind of as, as we we were talking about, like how we select topics, like we basically kind of pitch stuff that, you know, we, the, the perfect topic I think for us is one that we have a passing familiarity with, but we couldn't give you any kind of major detail about like that was say for instance like the Ethiopia series like i i knew that i knew that Ethiopia had a deep deep history like i was aware that it was there i couldn't have told you anything about it and mm-hmm. so that's you know i i think that's another sort of avenue where we sort of end up falling into these into these topics that are are generally sort of under at least in the english speaking world you know uh un, under under examined i guess Right. So pushing that envelope, though, hasn't always really been that easy. You've actually gotten pushed back at times for not covering more you know, Western history. Um, you know, <laughs> so much so that you guys in your recent Islamic Spain series had to issue a, a preemptive notice to those sort of <laughs> objectors that you really don't care for what they think. Um, and I've heard uh, Sharon Eastaw, um, you know, she hosts the, the History of the Crusades. I've seen her say that she's had some brutal, some brutally Islamoph- Islamophobic emails um, mm-hmm. from people just about her even-handed treatment of Islam. Um, so, so did did that preemptive warning help you guys? Like, what is going on there? <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm remembering. I think I think I was the one who delivered the the that preamble. It, it, honestly, it was really like. <laughs> I was kind of I, my thought was that I'm issuing a listener discretion advised for racist assholes. Like I just want you to know right off the bat, you're not gonna like this, so don't bother listening and telling us that you don't like it. You know, that's really the long and short of it. Uh, I don't know, Glenn. Like, uh, yeah, it's how, like how would a, you characterize it? <laughs> it's not like, and it's not like we we don't care. I don't know. It's always my mantra too that you know, no politics in the show. Let's keep politics out of it because I don't. It's not that I don't care. You know, Daniel and I both have deeply held political beliefs, and we come at mm-hmm. it from different ways. But it's it's pointless. You see, you know, you see that kind of shit on your Facebook feed every day. Your aunt's posted <laughs> memes about it. You know, like because the more you go back, the more you realize it's not political at all. And people have always been people, and they paint these good guy versus bad guy stories because there are assholes in history. I I never oh, I yeah. can't understand it. I can't understand how you could be a history buff and say, like, a racist asshole. Because, like, 
how could you say that, like, how could you be one of those guys that say, oh, Islam has contributed nothing to our culture. They contributed fucking lemons, dude. Um, <laughs> it's did, awesome. Did, yeah, I and, mean. And also, yeah, to, to sort of, to, to again, yeah, to sort of, uh, and, and not just, like, and necessarily, like, Islamophobe, uh, we, we don't want to limit it just to talking about that, but, like, you know, any, any kind of, yeah, I mean, you look into the history of, of any people or creed or ethos or nation or whatever, everyone's done some really fucked up shit. <laughs> you know, like, it's... Uh, and no one is safe from that because we're all people. And we're all human beings. And, uh, and the the idea of mining history for to, to in order to score points... I think is what is what we object to. That's, at least that's what I object to the most. Yeah, I think people people like have a preconceived notion, and they think that that preconceived notion is legitimized if they could look into the past and then like cherry pick an example of yeah. you know oh here here is that you know I'm racist against group A. Um, look, hey, group A used to do this to group B. You see, so that's totally justified why I hate them. I right. mean, you know, I, people like to they think it, it leads some kind of you know some kind of legitimacy to their whatever stupid belief they have if they could find some kind of historical precedent for it and it, I, i'm not interested in that and then and people will do the same thing with our politics today and people have been doing the same thing with politics since time immemorial so it's just <laughs> yep. it's not in, it's not interesting to me and it's exactly pointless. yeah it's not interesting i think that's the big that's the biggest that's the biggest aspect of it like that's a really that's a really limiting and stultifying and dull way of trying to think about the past and trying to understand what human beings have been up to. Yeah. Right on guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just, uh, just to wrap up you know, here. So, you know, what's on the horizon for the lesser Bonaparte's? Oh boy. Oh, um, Future's so bright. We got to wear shades. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Um, I really have no idea um, because we're making this shit up as we go along. We never had a five-year plan. Um, we started the show out as a joke. I mean, when we did that, I remember when we did that very first episode, Alfred Bayadi's mm-hmm. Critical Douche, which we just, you know, it's called Critical Douche. That was us, you know, again, pointing the <laughs> Greek fire at the boat, being like, Alfred Bayadi's Critical Douche, you know. And then no idea anybody would ever listen. I mean, um, I remember waking up that morning. It was a Sunday morning. We recorded it. I was hung over all to hell. On, and then, <laughs> and I was just like, not, I was just like, well, it's, it's Saturday morning. Let's just, let's record this, you know, podcast. And right. See what right. Happens. I, I asked Daniel to do this podcast. I guess I have to be there for it. <laughs> yeah. It's to be there. We recorded it. And I remember that very first month we got 400 total downloads and mm-hmm. I remember, like, the first day I would be like, going, like, okay, you know, there's five, there's ten. And I remember the first day we got, like, 50 downloads. I was like, wow, Daniel, got 50 downloads today, <laughs> you know? And we're like, oh, man. It was, then, yeah, it felt huge. Like, it really did. It felt did. huge. It's like, wow, 50 yeah. people gave a shit. And it's not just, you know, Daniel's mom downloading it 50 <laughs> times. Which, and, um, by the way, thank you, Mom, for being a consistent and constant supporter. Yes, she has been. She has been. And then, like, the numbers went up and up and up, and people started talking about us more and more. They started, like, they go to the History Podcast Facebook group and talk about mm-hmm. us like we weren't there. That's when we noticed. And then, Yeah, that was that was kind of a that was a, 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 a fluttery butterfly feeling. that There was yeah. that uh, a, a dude that neither of us had ever heard of started a thread about how we suck. And that was like, yeah. dude, we made it. 
record made it. That was like great. That was fantastic because I mean I love negative feedback like that because that's just proof that more than Daniel's mom is listening. Um, yeah. You know, people that don't give a shit about us is people are listening. Um, so that's great. Um, and then the, you know it went up and up and up and we got more and more you know people talking about us. You know, you want to interview us and whenever that happens, <laughs> like I'm always just like we're just two assholes with a mic who get two downloads a day. And then, but then we're not that though. And it's been two years and it's been a lot of work, but then two years from now, I have no idea. We're going to, it's going to keep going the way it's been going and we'll see what happens. Maybe people will get sick of it and it'll go down to zero, but I don't really care. This podcast doesn't pay my bills. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll deliver it to my cat. I'll, I'll be talking <laughs> about this anyway, you know? All right. I, I think, um, uh, honestly, I think one of the, one of the coolest developments lately has been the kind of. I guess it, it, the the expansion of Team Bonaparte, you know, like we 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 hired on Andrew to to do editing and some you know producing and uh, social media kind of uh, management stuff. Um, we've had uh, Anna Laura Magis uh, on a few times, like you know, starting with that Aztec series, and she's also chipped in on the more Spain series. Mm-hmm. Um, we've struck up uh, a, a, a very close and, and fruitful podcast friendship. With uh, Christophs Andresons from uh, the Eastern Border podcast, and so it's been, it's been it's been really cool. Like especially over the last few months, sort of you know this 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 kernel that we had of of me and Glenn yakking at each other so that we didn't have to annoy our significant others. As you know, it had this kind of broad appeal, and it's also the kind of thing that other people want to be a part of, and kind of building uh, you know, sort of building the uh, the the uh, team that doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, squad. I, mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the squad. Our hashtag squad goals. Um, is what we're <laughs> hashtag, hashtag squad goals. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you're still. I mean, you were just. I mean, it, it's mystifying to me, and also flattering that people are willing to spend an hour a week listening to me do the same thing I do when I'm yelling at Crusader Kings too. You know. Uh, you know. <laughs> right. You know, and. Um, <laughs> and 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 then you know I'll feel obliged as long as you know people want to hear that I'm I'm happy to ye- yell up at Crusader Kings too at you while you're jogging or you know cutting vegetables for dinner or if that's what you're into you know yeah for for me it's doing dishes oh yeah yeah there you <laughs> go yeah yeah oh man that was awesome. Well, Glenn, Daniel, I really can't thank you enough for for joining me today. Uh, this has just been fantastic. Well, thanks, um, so. it's uh, it's been cool talking with you. You're a stand up dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> a critical bro, one might even say. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that is like you're, a dream come know. true. He's, he's yeah, been really I, friendly and he's asking yeah. good questions. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> care what I don't. I don't care what everybody's saying about American biography behind your back, Thomas. It's really you know you're a good guy. Man. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> We're only joking. I've oh, only I'm kidding. Heard, I'm heard ribbing you. Things. I'm yeah. ribbing you. <laughs> I'm ribbing. You. I appreciate that. That's how I know I've made it, guys. Thanks. Yep. Yep. Um, any plugs you guys want to do before you head out? Oh man, uh, listen to our show yeah. <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> that was eloquent. Listen, listen, yeah. listen to Aubrey, <laughs> listen to Aubrey Sitterson's Scald. I promise I'm not dating him. It's just an awesome show. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm always been, plugging really that awesome. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm always plugging. Yeah, that I guess, one. yeah. yeah our, our association with uh, the the Dark Myths Podcast Collective. There's there's a there's a ton of cool shows out there. Um, but yeah, like Glenn was saying, uh, Aubrey Sitterson's Scald is great, and we, we've been 
we've been big become big pals with uh with Kristaps over at uh, Eastern Border. Um and I and because Glenn is always too shy to mention it, I'm going to Glenn actually does another podcast with a friend of the show, uh, or rather, Glenn's actual friend and a friend of our show, Sean. Uh, if you if you are one of those people out there who likes our record store guy stuff, when we get talking about bands and shit, check out Counterblast with Glenn and Sean. It's like it's awesome. It's uh, two to three hours of just solid ass record store guy talk. It's absolutely <laughs> terrific. I don't know if it's ever been mentioned on an LB branded. Anything, no, so. yeah, yeah. but you guys are missing out if you're not listening to Counterblast. It's terrific. Oh, oh I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, um, great. Thanks again. Uh, have a great day. Hey, man, you, you too. too. Thanks. All right, guys, that was my conversation with the Lesser Bonapartes. By now, I'm sure most of you have heard that Daniel Doughty is leaving the Lesser Bonapartes. When we recorded this interview, this fact was not known to me, but Glenn and Daniel did me the courtesy of letting me know in advance, so I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that podcasting is losing one of its brightest lights, and while we wish Daniel the very best upon all of his journeys, when he unplugs the microphone for the last time, it is a wholesale loss for the listeners who loved laughing along with him as well as the other podcasters for whom which he was a shining example. I'm incredibly grateful that I had the opportunity to interview both of the Lesser Bonapartes, and it will surely rank as one of the highlights of my career as a podcaster. However, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Glenn is going to continue, and while the Bonapartes are known for delivering the final word, I'm sure this is just the final word in a chapter, and not the final word in the book. So, to wrap up then today, remember to go check out The Lesser Bonapartes. It can be found on iTunes and at thelesserbonapartes.libsyn.com. But also remember to check out agorapodcastnetwork.com and see our stable of shows, including our podcaster of the month, Roy Field Brown, and his 10 American President series. And I want to give a special shout-out to Zach Twomley's When Diplomacy Fails, which is just doing a masterful multi-part series on the 1916 Easter Rising in Ireland. You can keep track of these by following Agora on Facebook or on Twitter at Agora Podcasts. All right, I'm Tom Daly, host of the American Biography Podcast, signing off for The Exchange. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Daniel Doughty and Glenn Gibbons. <laughs> Glenn Gibbs. Uh, <laughs> we'll edit that out. That's what Andrew's going to do. The, the decline uh, and fall of the introduction of your show, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 